since then. So I've been teaching for quite a while now, and I absolutely love what I do. I tell my children every every first day of school, this yes. is what I love to do, and wow. I would do it if I didn't get paid doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how I know it's a passion. It's, it's a passion. A yeah. It's definitely a passion. So for an educator, you can't stay pigeonholed in your world mm -hmm. and think that you're going to be an effective mm -hmm. educator. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Five Questions with Dr. K. Welcome you to another edition of Five Questions with Dr. K. I'm your host, Erica Kelly. I'm so glad you tuned in. I have a wonderful guest with me today, a professional educator, one who is definitely qualified. I've seen her in action and she knows her stuff. It's none other than Marva Muhammad. How are you? I'm great. Oh. Great, great, great. Happy Sunday. All right. Happy Sunday to you too. <laughs> All right. So our topic today is going to be the topic of diversity. Okay. And when I thought about that, I thought about you because I, I was first uh, introduced to you through a session that you led on this topic. Mm -hmm. And when I came, I didn't know what to expect. But as I entered in and saw you in your element, I knew, first of all, you're a real teacher. Because, you know, real teachers know real teachers. We know right, ones right, that are right, just paid right, to do right. their job. We know the ones that have the gift. You oh, definitely oh, have oh. the gift, the secret sauce, all of it. Thank you. you. Thank you. You were in your element. You kept me engaged as an adult. Oh, I was engaged. I was just enthralled by everything you were talking about. I loved it. So I can only imagine that your kids probably love you just oh, as much. But. I don't know, but tell me more. I'll take it. I'll accept it. <laughs> but yeah, you did so good on this topic. I just thought, okay, at some point i got to have her on and talk about it. So I want to give you a moment to start off telling us a little bit about yourself and your background mm -hmm. and why the topic of diversity is interesting to you or important to you. Okay, so I am a 16th year educator. Mm -hmm. I am, okay, so I'll start from the very beginning. I'm a native of northern middle central california okay um and um i grew up around a lot of hispanic people one of my best friends was hispanic you would think i know the language really well but not not the case um uh, i matriculated all the way here to monroe louisiana after um several ins and outs mm -hmm. so instead of making it really really long mm -hmm. i went to school in uh in this city mm -hmm. and um so I decided I always wanted to teach. And so after I went through my first year at Grambling State University, I decided I wanted to, well, I went through the, the program that I was in, which was mass communications. I wanted to be a Connie Chung. I don't know if anybody really? remembers her. I'm really dating myself, but yes. yeah, I wanted to be Connie Chung. Married to Mari Povich. There you go, yes. that's the one. <laughs> but um, during the entire years of Prior to graduation, I always knew I wanted to teach, but I didn't. So after grad, during graduation ceremony, I'm thinking, I'm I'm not going to do this for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I went on. I went to college again mm -hmm. and got my curriculum um, master's degree in teacher curriculum, okay. and, and that was in back in California. So I went back. Okay. I had my children. I was a stay-at-home mom, and then I, I had a sick child, so I had to move back to Louisiana really? because I needed some help. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I came here, and I said, you know, that bug of you, you're going to teach one day. Yeah. So my child got better. We um, came to ULM, mm -hmm. got my degree in teaching, special okay. education, oh, okay. first job, and then I uh, 
that's been uphill yeah. or downhill, as oh. they say, <laughs> um, ever since then. So I've been teaching for quite a while now, and I absolutely love what I do. I tell my children every every first day of school, this yes. is what I love to do, and wow. I would do it if I didn't get paid doing it. Yeah, yeah. So. So that's how I know it's a passion. It's, it's a passion. A yeah. It's definitely a passion. Okay, so let's talk about the topic of diversity. Why? Okay. Well, you talked about how you grew up, you know, a diverse background in California. But why is this particular topic of interest to you? That was, as I stated, um, I grew up in a community that was um, mostly white and Hispanic. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I was one of only two black students in the school, the entire really? elementary school. Wow. Yes. And so my best friend was um, Latino, and her name was Maria Hernandez. Um, and we just happened to be living in a neighborhood where people were really just friendly. Um, and then um, we moved across country to Mississippi. And uh, my first, well, we moved to Virginia first and then Mississippi. And then I, I, my first day of school at the elementary school, I, I asked my mother, I said, where did all these black people come from? <laughs> she, I was like, what kind of mess? And she just laughed. She said, well, this is the South and this yeah. is it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is good, I think. So, um, diversity. Yeah. I know how it feels to be in an environment where you're, it's only a few of you. Right. And your culture your dialect, you know, it's who you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're um, not addressed in a way that makes you feel like you're a part of the community, right. you can feel like you're an outsider. Mm -hmm. And I know I understand that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I talked about being in a school where there was a lot more of me. Mm -hmm. I had this dialect mm -hmm. that I sounded like I was... A valley girl. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say valley girl. Valley girl, well, okay. yep, that's one thing, but, you know, from the south to, you know, yeah. from the east to the west, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my God, where are you from? You know, <laughs> you think you're better than me and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so diversity is not just cultural. It's, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's it, it spans across all um, areas of humanity. So it's, it's important to me because I believe we have to be able to meet our students where they are. Mm -hmm. And you know, and it goes from a student who is more rounded, who may be from a two-parent household, to a student that may be living with grandma because mom is somewhere else or dad is somewhere else. And mm -hmm. it just means that we're all, we're all different. So we have mm -hmm. to try to find a commonality. Okay, good, good. So I can tell it comes from a very true place of your own experiences. And so that, that's really where the richness of the depth of your passion for it comes from so that was good to know okay so speaking to educators because as you said you're an educator in our community it's starting to change it used to be kind of black and white and it's yes. starting to blend a little bit you're starting to see I the other cultures it. coming which it is this is it's a really it's great so thing good. but that means we have to kind of think about how do we prepare for that in the education realm how do we teach you yeah. know these kids how do we reach them right because right. it's one thing teaching english Everything we've been taught is how to teach in English, in, right. you know, the Southern or American yeah. culture in general. So. But as it gets more diverse, we have to alter that to meet the needs yes. of those kids. So with that in mind, what does true diversity in the classroom look like? And why is it important for teachers to be concerned about it? Well, I'm glad you said that our community is, is changing. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's an amazing um, time to be in a community that is beginning to 
really be a reflection of the world right, that right. we're living in because mm-hmm. you know for a long time we live in a place that was in a vacuum that oh that doesn't happen here oh this mm-hmm. is not so now you're you're going to see a multitude of different types of personalities mm-hmm. cultures dialects languages celebrations celebrations yeah, yeah. you can really understand mm-hmm. when a person say it's Eid yeah. which is Muslim um, party time where yeah. they do things and it's a festival yeah. or Cinco de Mayo and really understand how it's important. Mm -hmm. So, how it looks in the classroom. It looks in the classroom like this. Educators are aware of who they have in the classroom. Um, And they're aware that not, you know, the conversations that we have, Mm -hmm. they may not translate. So you have to be cognizant of how you come across. I'm I'm an ELA teacher, Mm -hmm. so we talk. And we talk about all kinds of things. And not to say that they don't do it in math, because nowadays we really should be doing more more talking so that they can verbalize what they're doing. But you have to be able to say, okay, so your grandmother, your abuela, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So you, because you don't know where, where they're, the level they're coming from. So for an educator, it means that you have to, you can't stay pigeonholed in your world Mm -hmm. and think that you're going to be an effective Mm -hmm. educator, teacher. You've got to come out of your own box. And educators are supposed to be on the cutting edge of what's new or on the cutting edge of what's current Mm -hmm. because what we do is is on a so it's on a cycle. It is. It's constantly changing. So we have to really be prepared to meet the needs of who we're teaching. Mm-hmm. So um, it looks like having a multicultural or having um, books in your classroom that have different types of languages in it mm-hmm. or different types of cultures in it. Mm-hmm. It means that the librarian is is open to, okay, so I need this and this. I might need this in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Child may not be able to read Spanish, but if we have tutors, the tutor might be able to, re, you know, translate what we're doing. And so it just means you have to really be creative in not just meeting the needs of your lower level or your learners that might not be on grade level, mm-hmm. but it means that you have to be able to meet the cultural cultural differences as well. That. And it also means you may have to learn a few words in different languages yourself. Right. Right, mm-hmm. right, absolutely. That, yeah, to help kind of bridge that gap, because you also, as an educator, have to build relationships with your students. Yes. You don't want to just say, okay, well, you don't speak English, let me put you over there. You right, that person. right, you right. You just lost them. Teacher. Yeah, right. you lost them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good stuff, good important information. Okay, so let's talk about some of the barriers. What are some of the barriers that hinder diversity in the classroom, starting with the teacher on down, or even, I could just say, the, the culture of the school? Um... What always comes to mind is one of the biggest barriers is our ability to want. Mm. So it's it's really twofold. It's ignorance, mm-hmm. and I want to stay ignorant. Right. I don't I don't really care to go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. Um, those are big barriers, and then having the resources yeah. are barriers. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as families, families. Some families are illiterate in their own language. Mm -hmm. That's a huge barrier. So what I'm teaching you, mom may not be able to help you with it at home, Mm -hmm. particularly like math or Mm -hmm. even just reading or vocabulary. You might be the only person in your family being able to become educated. Mm 
So that can be a barrier. Um, and then, you know, just not being aware of your students' um, needs. needs, you know, what they need. Mm-hmm. For example, like I said, parents may, may be illiterate. Mm-hmm. So how do I get this child reading on grade level mm-hmm. if school is the only place? Right. So that means I might have to stop by the house, mm-hmm. find someone who speaks the language, and say, okay, so mom, you know, I'm going to send home your child with extra reading. Mm -hmm. Please let them, you know, have some time to read it. And maybe, you know, find out what their resources are. Maybe send, you know, encourage her. Maybe she can get it on the phone, on her cell phone and say, okay, so go look up these words or listen to it in your language first and then see if you can translate it. You just have to go that extra mile. Okay, good. And that kind of leads into the next question. My next question was, what are some tools and methods that teachers can use in their classroom to enhance diversity? And I was thinking about what you just said. I was also thinking about something called Google Translate. I've used that before. I'm sure you have too. Yes. You can take English and put it in English Translate for you to get copy. Whole sentences, right. Yes, it is like wonderful. Yes. So. Um, we're lucky enough uh, this year that we will have a lot of books in our library that will be um, second language for our second language students. Okay. You have, there are several apps out there that you can speak into. I think is one is called Speak okay. app where mm-hmm. you can speak a sentence and it will translate that sentence in any language. Okay. Um, can't think of all the ones off the top of my head, okay. but there are several, if you Google it, several online services that will take your ELA and it will translate it in the Spanish and it will speak to the students. So hopefully our students will be able to use a computer when they're doing assignments. Several students that that's what they did. They really worked on uh, Rosetta Stone okay. um, and that was just to help them with the English language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some of the tools that we have now and there there has to be a multitude because I know the few that we're using mm-hmm. have been helpful. Yeah. There's plenty out there and if, t- if, if your school system is not equipped mm-hmm. you can Google and, and find those resources. Your public library is a great resource. Yeah, and um, your local bookstore is a great resource as well. Okay. And the thing is, too, as an educator, you can't see this as extra work on top of what you're having to no, do. Because if no, you do, no. then it's not going to work. Right. You have right, to right. see it as, okay, this is what I need to do to reach this kid. You know, right. To make them feel like you just said accepted, important, a part of this community right. in my classroom. So. Right, right. Those are really good, helpful tips, Ms. Muhammad. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, welcome. so what are some of the benefits a uh, teacher could and a school could look forward to receiving? Um, for me, the number one benefit is that child is, or that student, because it doesn't necessarily mean it's a young child, could right. be an adult as well, could be an adult. Um, will feel more comfortable in their learning environment. Mm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other benefit for as far as academia is that you know test scores will increase yeah. and although I'm, I'm not a huge proponent on test scores and oh this is more important I think that having a way to gauge how much you know at, at a particular time from point A to point B is helpful mm-hmm. because you know that when you move from point A to point B in the next couple of points mm-hmm. you're you're ready right, right. so I think that um, using these tools will allow students um, to be uh, be more successful as they move forward and becoming educated and ultimately working in their whatever their field is as a career life goal well, I completely agree. And again, like I said, you definitely are well versed in this topic. <laughs> you flow so effortlessly. 
in it. So if there's someone throughout the world, throughout the nation who wants to fly you in oh for my a gosh. conference. I would love to it. To be the keynote speaker <laughs> on this topic. How could they contact you? Um, I can be reached at 318-884-3848. Um, I'm opening up a child care learning center yeah. called Crescent Academy. Yeah. And you're also working on your doctoral degree. I am. So I promise you I'll be more mindful of checking in with you and giving you a smile because I know when you've been up all night studying, you had a crazy oh, look like yes. <laughs> You'll see me walking down the hall again yes, really yes. very but very soon we will be again Dr. Kelly and Dr. Mohammed. Yes, absolutely. Doing more things like this. Absolutely, so absolutely. I'm really excited. I'm really happy and just so proud of you. Like I said, oh, you do a great job. Well, thank so. you. I'm so I'm I'm so honored that you would even ask me to participate. This has been great. It has been, it has been. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope my listeners have enjoyed as well. I thank you for tuning in. Again, this has been Five Questions with Dr. K. Have a blessed week.